Hello and welcome to the final episode of the Wood Floor Podcast. And now you're thinking, oh no, it's all over. That was short-lived, but you're wrong. You're so wrong. So this, this week's episode, we've decided to do a special edition uh, with a special guest and... It's the final episode because as we move forward into 2023, uh, we are bringing this podcast to a new name, a new purpose, and of course, new guests. So the podcast from now on will be called the UK Flooring Podcast, which means we can now have a lot wider range of talented people, experiences, so you, the listener, can get more value, more entertainment from what we do. Because all we want to do is give back to the flooring industry and make this a much more entertaining, educational, and everything in between. So the guest I've brought on this week, because it's normally me that waffles on, is the actual other presenter on the show, aka the wife a.k.a. Sarah Cockrell. She's laughing. And we thought, because we always ask people, oh, McDonald's and all these type of stuff, but we've never actually told or um, gone into who we are and what our experiences are, but we thought we'd do a bit of a funny version because we're not serious. Well, we are serious when we need to be, but we thought we would print some questions out that neither of us know what the questions are. You're in and then, <laughs> And then ask each other silly questions live on the podcast for yours and our entertainment. So we can finish this chapter of the podcast with who we are and what we do. And then the next episodes, we will be broadening it. We've got some unbelievable... Um, guests coming on the show uh, from all around the world in fact not just uk we've we've got um american guests uh we've got people from europe uh, different manufacturers carpets lbt underlay glues anyone in the flooring industry that we think has a good story or that will give value back to you we will be getting on this show and having a bit of banter and changing things around so what we're going to do now which Sarah's really uncomfortable with, but because I've just thrown it at her two seconds ago, is Sarah's going to describe to you, the listeners, who the hell Tom Cockrell is. Thank you. You know that the one question I absolutely hate people asking me is which? Oh, you're talking to me. I am. You're talking to me. Sorry, I, I thought you were going to go into what a form. The, the, the one most, question I hate. The most, um, what do you do, Sarah? It's a no man's land question. So having to answer this on behalf of somebody else is really tricky. So um, I'm being told that I need to raise my voice a little bit (laughs) because I'm shrinking in myself because I hate this question. So who is Tom Cockrell? Tom Cockrell is my amazing husband. He's a business partner. He's my business partner. He's the father of our two amazing boys. And for the past 17 years, 
been the bane of your life. <laughs> you have been the bane of my life. Yeah. Still here. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, um, <laughs> I don't even know what else to say because Tom absolutely loves. If, if everybody, if anybody that's listening to this actually knows Tom, Tom is a master of projects and a master of spinning plates. His delivery is exceptional across a number of different platforms, whether um, heading up the team at Truth Digital, which um, he's been working on for the last 12 months, the training and the mentoring that you do through Cochrane Court and of course this podcast as well. Um, he is also a master of relationship building. So he has connections right across the UK which actually puts him in really good stead for um, a lot of the product sourcing that he does as well for other people. Do you want a sales job, Sarah? Because you're doing a good job of selling it. You <laughs> I'm selling. I'm selling everything that you do, because you it's it's quite a broad it's quite a broad spectrum of stuff, isn't it? Because it keeps you on your toes. It keeps you entertained. Um, because we can't um, we can't ever tie you down to one thing. No, I mean one of our clients, I think, called me a world class plate spinner. That's, that's where it's from. Yeah, so uh, I think it's a, it's a nationally recognised qualification <laughs> of idiocy. So, yeah, carry on, Sarah. I'll, I'll just keep you're polishing my hair. I'll keep polishing my hair. I'll just keep going. You're enjoying this, yeah. aren't you? Okay. I don't even know what else to say. Um, But, yeah, awesome, awesome dude. And, yeah, I dude. wouldn't... Um, yeah, you're a dude. You it's wouldn't... Bart Simpson. <laughs> No, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing now if it hadn't been for, for your inception of this, this business um, a good few years ago now. Well, so I'm very privileged you. to be working with you. So as as I always like to get a, a, a little pitch in, obviously the businesses we've got uh, are Truth Digital, um, which my business partner, John Borthwick, absolute legend, uh, digital master in all elements of digital. Um, and then obviously we only deal with the flooring industry. Um, so we have a digital marketing agency that makes websites, um, SEO, um, email marketing, social media, anything that's digital that would get your business in your flooring business. Uh, we deal with that. And we've probably got around 40 flooring experts um, currently under management by us. Um, and we have a great project manager, Chris, um, who is part of our network, who looks after all of our clients um, so that uh, the digital marketing is, um, I get really involved in trying to find out what um, what you actually want. You know, what do you want people coming through to your shop door? Do you want people to phone you and ask you to do floor sanding or, or stone restoration? What 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 do you actually want? And because I've been in the flooring industry so long, uh, I kind of know um, what you want uh, when you when you know, like as in, if you tell a a standard agency oh well i'd like high quality floor sanding leads they're going to look at you like you've just stepped on the toes and you don't they've got no idea what you're talking about so that's why we sell truth because we uh we thought there was a huge gap in the market loads of agencies taking money off people and not actually knowing what they were doing so we're not delivering yeah not delivering uh, and we are very very pedantic over actually delivering results or we don't charge you so so that's truth Cockrell and Co. I hope anyone on this podcast follows us on Instagram. Gam, gram, gam, gam. <laughs> Instagram. Uh, that kind of tells you what we do. We run training courses uh, all across the country, predominantly in our training centre here in Darlington, uh, for sales, marketing, social media, 
business um, growth and uh, our floor and freedom, which, how many have we done this year? Seven. Seven. Seven floor and freedom courses, which covers all elements of the how to uh, operate a successful flooring business from um, using accounting software, how to market yourself, how to show up as a, a good individual and everything in between. So that's that. And then I also have a good network, which a lot of the listeners um, I speak to um, in all different elements. And we do a lot of product sourcing where you come to me or one of my guys um, who are out on the road and we find you the product you need. So you come to us with a specification, um, or even if you've got a problem in your shop or that you have, your suppliers are letting you down, we've got really good connections with some of the bigger manufacturers um, and I'm privileged for the manufacturers to listen to what we recommend so we can get um, very high-end displays put in across shops or even in your van, even if you're just a man in a van. So if you need sampling, things like that, we we... People listen to us, which I'm so privileged that we're in that position. So I do that. That's classed as my Dell boy wheeling and dealing. Um, I connect dots <laughs> and speak to people, but I do it on the basis that we don't recommend or sell or uh, put connections together of someone that I wouldn't use myself. So that's my salesy, pitchy, waffly doffly thing over. And now we're going to describe Mrs. C. <laughs> So Mrs. C and me met in a nightclub. <laughs> and uh, how many years ago? Um, 17 years ago. 17 years 17 ago. 17 years ago, 2006. 2006. Like, I think you get less for a, a killing, like uh, a life sentence. Anyway, um, and Sarah came up to me in a nightclub and we'd been having a bit of a chat. You know, bearing this time, we'd had about 13 pints, or I certainly had. And uh, she says, uh, could you lend us a fiver to get home? My response, not a chance. I want a kebab on the way home. You might as well come home with me. <laughs> the absolute legend of chat lines. It worked and she's still here. <laughs> she's still here. Yeah. Um, still not lent her that. I still not got that fiver back. So anyway, um, Sarah heads up our mentoring for Cochrane Co., and she is absolutely world-class listener, project manager of problems and everything in between. Uh, this works well because I've got no empathy whatsoever. Sarah has buckets of the stuff. And <laughs> she can also be a bit of a twat in the way that she will pull you up and tell you you're talking absolute bollocks and pull yourself together. So she's not just the woo-woo oh, you might be able to do a bit better in business type of business coach as such. Sarah will give you it straight, but in a bit more of a... Tactile. Tactile way. <laughs> so Sarah works with um, six, well, five, six, and seven-figure flooring businesses from all across um, the whole of the UK, um, from just a man in a van, um, or a lady in a van, but um, a man in a van, um, to multi-seven-figure retail outlets um, in all different lives. And to be honest, there's not one client that's the same. And Sarah really thrives off delivering on what she said she would. Uh, in addition to that, 
Um, we'll keep it on business. We won't go into uh, mothering skills, and uh, that even though they are exceptional. Um, Sarah is also the MD of our existing flooring business, and to be honest, that kind of runs itself. We have a team that looks after that. So our flooring business is a residential. Well, we do a little bit of commercial work. Um, very small team. Um, very sort of bespoke. Uh, intimate service, um, selling wooden floors like we've always done, thick end of 20 years now. Um, but as Cochrane Co has grown, Truth Digital has grown, we, we're looking actually um, to move that business on in the future. Um, it's a great business for someone, but as all the businesses have grown, as everyone knows, you, you've got to put full effort and commitment in, into your business. So we are looking for a buyer, in fact, for our wooden flooring business. So if anyone fancies a challenge, you move into Darlington uh, and you've got a checkbook, come and see us. Come There's and see always us. an opportunity There's an op- to sell something. Oh, sell it. I'm selling it again. Sorry. You want to sell the cup? Yeah, I'll sell, sell a cup of tea I've got here. Um, so, yes, um, so Sarah heads up that and she also runs all the finances and keeping us all in check, the full team, and is the mother to our um <laughs> Wonderful boys. Is that a fair description? What, the boys? No, you. <laughs> yeah, it is a fair description of me, yeah. Would you like to follow up? In- I am the glue that sticks everything together. You are. That and is- I'm the thing that breaks it all up. <laughs> yeah, consistently. And actually, one of your nicknames is the Tasmanian Devil. That is it, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So would you describe your position at Cochrane Co any different to how I've described? What, what do you find good about Cochrane and Co and what you do as a... How do you impact flooring businesses, in your opinion? My opinion. I think, um, for me, the best thing about working with other flooring people is that we've been here such a long time, and because of our past experience, we are very, you know, we're in the position to be able to help as many people as we can. You and I both know that this has been a very lonely industry to be in over the years. And if most people know our story, we lost one of our flooring businesses a few years ago and it's now catapulted us into this position that means that we can work with a variety of different people in variety of different backgrounds do you know what the one thing that i, I mean we've we've invested ourselves in coaches and mentors over the years six figures now yeah yeah getting scary um and one of the things that I've really appreciated since working with other people is that no business is the same. And there is there is other coaching schemes and mentoring schemes out there, but they're very much like this is this is what you do and this is how you need to do it and this is how you need to scale framework. your business. This is a framework. Follow yes. the framework. And and you can't fail. But for me, it's not about following a framework. It's about really truly understanding what the pain points of that particular person or that particular business are and working on those and coming up with a plan that's going to get them to their vision. We do have a framework, but it's we, yeah. we tailor that framework. We tailor it, but yes. it's, that's what I love. I love the versatility of the backgrounds of the people that I work with, and I love seeing results. What's the biggest result you've seen this year? Not mentioning names, but name the two best experiences you've had coaching and mentoring flooring um, individuals. One is... Um, a client that I've been working with for nearly, oh, nearly seven months or so now, that um, the business was doing okay, but was suffering at the hands of that individual 
client. I can't name names, which is really difficult for me to do because I do like I do like speaking about these things. Um, however, there were certain things that were holding them back, mainly their own self-confidence and their own self-assurance and the physical energy shift that I've seen in that individual in the last seven months. You're looking at me as if you know who this is. Um, I know who I because <laughs> I obviously do, yeah, I, do. I do the sales training. Yes. I, I do other um, things with the clients that they need. So I just so do the, I don't do any of the wishy-washy stuff. This isn't really about the biggest impact that it's had on the business. And eventually it will be. But the biggest, the biggest shift that I've seen in that person, um, both in terms of confidence, the level of self-awareness that they've now got and the ability to actually make decisions without over procrastinating everything has been phenomenal how has that impacted the business money-wise i've got to ask the sales question how how has it made a difference um it's made them more self-aware of the numbers of what's actually happening in the business so that they can then make critical decisions based on how they are running their business um, it's not really about the financial impact of it, to be honest, at this stage, um, because that will come. But it's more about getting that individual into the right frame of mind and being able to be the great leader and MD of that business that they, they are. And what's your second one? Oh, second one. That's a tough one because there's so many little, little ones. Actually, it's one that's recent. One that's recent, just seeing the physical shift again of somebody when having that mentoring call, um, it actually only happened this week, of just pointing something out really obvious and them understanding what I was saying with no, um, they weren't taking it personally and they've implemented it straight away and they're now in a better, a better place as well. So that's actually this week. It's very difficult you're asking me those questions because I don't want to be able to, I don't want to give too much away because these things are kind of personal and obviously I've got confidentiality rules that I have to be bound by as well. Class. So. Right. So we've gone away and we've got some questions. Sarah's took a lot of time and effort with her questions. I've done a Google search and found some funny questions. So we've got very different ways of actually dealing with this um, thing. So, um, what do we do? Do we want to do one each, or how how would you like to do this? I would. I would. Yeah, let's just do one each. Let's just pick one and go through it. Don't read them right from the top, though. I'm not going to. Just pick pick one. I mean, I've got how many questions have you got? About fifty, did you say there? So you yeah, but I'm going to have some 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 um, some are not suitable possibly for this podcast, but then yeah, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, let's. Um, can you keep count? Have you got some way of keeping count? What of numbers? Like how many questions? Or do we just do it till we get let's bored? Just, no, let's just let's just do it. And let's just let's just go for it. I think if we can um, give people a bit more of an insight into to us, yeah, that'll be cool. Don't ask too many like strange questions though, because I don't like being put on the spot. Okay, I, I won't ask strange questions. Like the one that you're already eyeing up. Uh, can I go first? <laughs> you can go. <laughs> Sarah, can you do the best animal oh. noise of me? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Now, <laughs> right, because right, that actually comes what from a nickname. <laughs> right. But why have I just roared? Because the mother-in-law calls me Tommy Tiger. 
And what, and, what, <laughs> and what is my nickname? The seal. Okay, so now could you do the same thing? Could you do your best impression of my nickname? Can I do the noise that you'd make when you wake up? <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> Oh, right, gosh. right, okay. Let's let's take That's this. Enough. Right, this let's take serious. let's take this seriously. Okay, because I'll try it. Right, right, okay. Go on, ask me the proper question. Um, what cartoon character are you most like? I'd probably say Marge Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone can see that, um, yeah. I'd probably Does that make Marge... me heart Homer? Yeah. Oh, nice. Donuts. Oh, nice. <laughs> Let me just donuts. Donuts. Yeah, the beers. The beers, not yeah, Simpson. Yeah, Marge Simpson. Is that very? Um, I, I think yes. I think that's good. Yeah. I'll, I'll stick with. Okay. Right. right. Go on. Then. Right. Okay. What is your biggest fear? The dentist. Because my chicken shit and all go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've got over a fear of heights. And uh, I haven't got over it. It isn't just gone. Um, but I had three massive fears. Dentist, public speaking, and I said, no, heights, public speaking, and the dentist. Yeah. I've dealt with the heights um, with a friend of mine. Um, and I've dealt with public speaking because I now speak in front of two to 200 people quite regularly. So it's kind of part of the job. You know, I have to deliver on talks. And, you know, I was shitting myself the first time we did the uh, podcast on here. You know, I was thinking, yeah, so now I don't care what I say, as you can tell. But, uh, but yes, uh, dentist, hands down. So to me, that's just roared on a podcast. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> okay. Well, it's, your, it's my question now. Go on. So, what is the most cringeworthy thing you've said to someone? Cringeworthy thing? Um, oh God, that's a really difficult question because I know what the, the real answer is and I can't say what I did. But, yeah, it was proper cringe. Right. I can't even answer that. I can't even answer that question. It was I that bad? It was that bad. It was really that bad. And I just can't. I just can't say it. I don't actually genuinely say that many things that are cringe to other people because oh. I'm very tactile in how I say things. Um, but that that was very um, not PC. Can, can I do mine? Go on and you yeah. do yours. You love this one because you remember it. I do remember it. So back in the day, um, let I've done a lot of work on this, and I've a lot. I've really sort of turned. I'm not turned a corner. I, well, I would people would describe it as being a different person, but I was very very egotistical, and um, um, when we had a a much larger flooring business. Um, I thought happiness was at the end of fancy things and big things and flashy things. So, it, you know, we're talking 2015. So I pulled up at my uh, PT session and I just got myself a new Range Rover Sport, a new shape one that just come out uh, in white with the drug dealer wheels on um, from Range Rover. And my PT says... Wow, I would love one of them. My response, well, I'd fucking work harder then. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll never forget it to my day. That's not actually what I meant. What I meant was if you work hard, you can get nice things. 
not the dick thing that came up my mouth. <laughs> um, <laughs> you need to work harder. <laughs> that's not really what I meant. Sometimes my mouth is quicker than my mind. Um, but yeah, that's the most cringeworthy thing that I've said. That does get you into trouble. Yes, but I am so much better now and a little bit more reserved and certainly not um, impressed or motivated mm. by shiny things because it doesn't make happiness. Yes, they're great things to have and it's a privilege, mm. but it certainly doesn't make happiness. Yes, a, a nice car makes me happy, but it's not the centre of, of that happiness. Um, I just like cars, but... But yeah, I would buy them to cheer me up, uh, which is definitely not the right way to uh, manage your uh, emotional and. Uh... I've just thought of something as well. What? In terms of a cringe thing that I said, not directly to somebody, but I remember when our oldest son William was about four, and we were driving back from the nursery, and a car pulled out in front of me, and I screamed the c word <laughs> <laughs> at the other driver. And William turned round and was then going, C-word, C-word, C-word. It's like um, that thing on YouTube where that little baby's going, fucking goat, no. fucking Mommy goat. And Mommy, there's a fucking goat. No, there's a goat. There's a goat. No, it's fucking goat. goat. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that was probably the most cringe thing I've said in the presence of children. And then they then picked it up. So, yeah, at least I've answered that question now. That's all uh, whose turn is it? Both, Mine. Sorry, we've right. gone off. We've go gone off there. Go on. Then. All right. Um... Okay. If there were only three things that you could teach your children, what would they be? So number one would be to help them understand how to manage their mindset, uh, their emotional state, and how to change their state. I would class that as one. I would educate them on the value of giving back rather than just taking and again it's probably more personal development but the importance of looking after yourself before anyone else but what i mean by that is doing that as soon as you get up so putting your health and well-being before anything else so doing it first thing some people obviously like to exercise on an evening so you could convert that well i do it on an evening my opinion or my take on that is to do it the minute you get up as a priority before anything else starts. So there would be the three things I would think, and then I would think you could, the, the corny phrase of win at life. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Yeah? Mm, right, bro. Right. What's the food you like to have most on your birthday? Lasagna. And chips. And chips. Yeah. And garlic bread. And garlic bread. <laughs> <laughs> a full-blown stodge attack down the Italian. Yeah, that's me. In fact, I've, I'm often taking the piss out of aren't me because every time we go to an Italian restaurant, I always say, I'm going to have something different, no. and I always end up with the same. Every time we go to a restaurant, we all get the menus, and you sit there and then look at me and go, what are you having? <laughs> every time, no matter what, no matter what restaurant... Ending. No matter what res restaurant or anything we go to, it, the conversation's coming. I'm waiting for I'm going, here it comes. Here, what are you having? My response, I'm not telling you. <laughs> because I know. Oh, I might just try a bit of that. You, you won't. Can we you, share? No, we can't. Right. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, well. Okay. 
Um, is it my turn now? I think so. Um, if you could choose to do anything for a day, what would it be? What, what right now? Like just like, yeah. yeah. If you had a free day and you could do anything you wanted, what would you do for the day? Um, great question. I'm, I feel I need to be selfish about this because you know the. I'd like to spend the day with Tony Robbins. It's a good one. Yeah, I don't think many people would get that opportunity. I'd like to spend a full day with Tony Robbins. It's a good answer. Yeah. I like that. So, what movie is most like your life? Hmm. And don't say Groundhog Day. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually what, <laughs> that was actually what came up in my head was Groundhog Day. <laughs> Um, oh God, right, that's a tough one, isn't it? What movie? I don't know why, but I'm thinking this is Doubtfire, but I don't know why. <laughs> Honestly, um, Forrest Gump. What's your, what's your favourite film? What's my favourite film? Grease. It's definitely not like Grease. It's definitely not like Pretty Woman is also another one. And I also love um, Sister Act as well. It's all the old ones. I know it's all the old ones. Yeah, so it's a bit... This uh, is coming from someone that's never up until recently, haven't seen the whole of Top Gun. Well, on that subject, mine is Top Gun, mm -hmm. uh, The Blues Brothers, and Enemy of the State. So, <laughs> all in the same era of the ones that you... Like, none yeah. of the new ones really do, but yeah, the, uh, mm -hmm. Enemy of the State, I think, is my favourite film. I'm sure it's... Um, I don't think I've seen that. I think you have. Have I? Yeah, it's, it's been on the telly like a hundred times, and I just keep watching it. <laughs> well, I know the Blues Brothers have, but yeah. that, that film does nothing for me. What was your first job? Well, I've been, uh, well uh, my first job was a set my own, uh, when I was 12 or 13. I set my own car cleaning business up and I ran that for three years. And I used to do, oh, I think it was around 60 quid a weekend. And that was like a lot of money. Um, or certainly it was to a 12 year old. And, and then I'd buy different equipment and things like that to make me clean the cars faster. So, yeah. <laughs> Did you not delegate it out like you're not? No, I couldn't. Uh, we lived <laughs> out in the middle of nowhere, where there was a like a like a residential development of like twelve houses. So I had a complete captive audience, and I, I did I did do a good job. But I did what I do now at work, and take on too much. And I would spend a whole Sunday cleaning like eight, nine cars um, for about six, seven quid each, or something in those realms. Um, but yeah, I just remember grafting like hell. Um, on all types of cars. Um, so, yeah, with my own car clean around. And then that kind of came to an end uh, around 16 and a half because I knew I was getting a car. So then I uh, went on to selling yeah. uh, selling cleaning cloths. Um, so that was interesting. But that's another story. Yes. If you could learn to do one thing really well, what would it be? That's really easy. Sing. 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 I would love to be able to sing. I've, I've learnt something today. What? Why? Well, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would absolutely love to be able to sing. Yeah. I, if, I think it's such a wonderful skill to have. Um, and I don't know why, I've always loved to. I used to be um, in the choir at school until I had my tonsils and my adenoids out and then it made me sound like a dying fish. Um, but yeah, I would love to be able to sing. So do you want singing lessons for Christmas? No. Right. Okay. Next question. Next one. Again. What is the most embarrassing thing you have ever done? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I've got it. I can't though. Well, we may as well go all in on this podcast. We're all friends around here. Um, so over lockdown, um, I took up running. And... <laughs> I don't know what... <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I took up running. I uh, was running 5k a day for a long time. Still do a bit of running now. Um, yeah, I'm built built like an IKEA wardrobe, but I still can run. And, um, yeah, I went out running uh, one day. And all I'm going to say, because it's a family show, is I didn't quite make it back to the house to go to the loo. Um, I got back to the house in the end, but yeah, um, it was too late. That uh, yeah, that that wasn't the best moment in my life, but <laughs> right. Let me find a question she doesn't like. Let me find one. You've, you've heard it all here now on the Wood Floor Podcast. These two clowns. Right. What's one thing that you thought you'd love doing, but you end up hating it? Again, it's an easy question. Um... I thought for a long time that I would love being a stay-at-home mum. I had um, a very, very long time um, feeling very, um, what's the word, Um, agitated by the fact that I always felt that I always put work first and um, that the the kids always missed out on enough opportunity to spend more time with us and, you know, I, I wanted to be a stay-at-home mum, and uh, I was kind of torn. Um, however, lockdown came along, and it gave me the opportunity to be a stay-at-home mum, and I absolutely hated it. I am not a mumsy mum. Bake at home, draw at you home. You do bake, and you do draw. I do, but reluctantly, but not <laughs> not for twenty-four hours a day in the confined space with three boys and a dog. We well, actually have two dogs then as well. While your husband's out building a camper van. Yeah. And also trying to run a business at the same time. Yeah. It didn't it didn't work. But it was a wonderful learning learning curve. And um, I always thought I'd be a really good stay at home mom and I'm quite clearly not I'm not cut out for that no. at all. Class. <laughs> Your next question. Oh, I'm looking at you like you're gonna ask me another one. No. I feel like um Okay. Um What would your dream house look like? Tommy Fawn. Gated entrance, double fronted. Big back garden, um, and just to be really selfish, six double garages or a double garage that can fit six cars in. Um, <laughs> you yeah. don't want most of you. No. When all I want is a double stack washing machine and a laundry shoe. <laughs> yeah. Well, I need, I need, I want, I want a, a car collection. Not, not like supercars or anything like that, but just childhood dream cars um, that I can polish and look at on a Sunday. Um, maybe a Porsche, you know, something like that. But um, I'd like to be able to have a mini car collection uh, and electric gates. Um, that's it. Yeah, that's it. So, <laughs> not selfish, but no, just what I had in mind. So that's that's what it is. It is what it is. We're not uh, we're saving. We're getting there. Um, favorite family holiday you've ever been on? Disney World, Florida. Um, with me, you, and William. That was part of our honeymoon. It was. It was. We sacrificed our... Our big um, holiday. St. Lucia. St. Lucia. <laughs> we cancelled that. thought, oh, let's just go to Disneyland and play with Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Which was a re- probably one of the best decisions we ever did. We went to Sri Lanka for, I think, 10 days, uh, which was very pleasant. Um, 
on our and, own. On our own and slept for the whole holiday. <laughs> we just wasted. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then a few months later, I went to Disney World. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Is um, that your favourite holiday? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, I think the only disappointment was the Disney Hotel uh, wasn't up to where we thought. And I think it would have made it better if we'd got like a little villa and we'd mm-hmm. hired a car. Um, but yeah, it as a holiday goes, I keep telling myself we should do more rather than sit on beaches or sit in sun lounges. But, um, yeah, we were very active then. Um, but, yeah, probably... I think the combination of both, because we classed that as our honeymoon, mm. so it was like our honeymoons. <laughs> so the combination of the beach holiday in Sri Lanka yeah. um, and the food we had there, and then combined only a couple of months later, flying to Disneyland, I'm going to combine the two together. Mm. So, yeah. So, I would agree with you. Yeah. Your question? No, I just asked you. Yeah, you asked me what holiday? Yeah. Oh, I'm not prepared now. <laughs> you need to be more prepared. It's because you've got such a massive list, you haven't read through them at the same time. You should have just picked some like me. What's the biggest, no, biggest, uh, what is the least favourite thing about me? That you never sit still. But it's also the best thing because actually, um, if... I'm off. <laughs> yeah, we don't, yet. you don't ever sit still. You don't ever just like sit down and relax. Your brain is just on it all the time. Like Ali G, he goes, yeah. relax, relax your body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, because it puts me on it. Like, and, and I don't, I honestly don't think that we do relax enough. But um, yeah, your brain it's is much better. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a thousand percent. We, we have a phone jail. Um, and we do not work on weekends. Um, mm-hmm. Apart from this weekend, where I'm working Sunday at a trade <laughs> show. But yeah, we don't. We have, uh, and we do our best not to bring work home with us when when we can. We're, we're we're getting much better. We don't really bring work home unless we're absolutely on full chat. So it's um, mm-hmm. which I'm actually better at that than you. Yeah, and that used to be the other way around. Yes, it did. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I'm just, you know. What is, actually, that's an interesting question. What is your least favourite thing about me? I can't even think. You getting annoyed with my active brain. (laughs) Yeah, because my brain functions like no other brain, I would say. Yeah. And even after nearly 20 years, you still get frustrated mm. and still tell me off. I do. Well, and I don't like being told off. Um, I'm being polite with telling me off. You, But it's only it's only a little bit. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, what I mean is it's not a shouting match. It's, uh, I get told off and then I just don't like being told <laughs> off. So <laughs> I, I, move, I, I, I just take myself out of that room and, yes. and uh, mm-hmm. take myself out of that situation. Yeah, which, it's frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yes. That's interesting. Oh, oh, you've asked me to see your, oh, your, okay. your back up again. Hey, who is your hero? My hero is my granddad because I've got an entrepreneurial brain, I feel. Sounds a bit woo-woo. But granddad worked down the coal mine, um, grafted his nuts off, set up multiple different businesses, um, and then in his later life 
still stubbornly stuck to doing things he loved to do, which still could have been seen to be a little bit antisocial or selfish. But I genuinely think he achieved everything he wanted to achieve successfully by running several different, you know, mm. six, seven figure businesses uh, and was very well known in the town he was from. Mm. Um, possibly coupled also by my mum as well, because my mum's the same. And I think my mum got it from my granddad, but my mum did it in a much different way. But I do business much more like my granddad. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm prioritising my granddad over my mum. Stop digging yourself a hole now, because you yeah, can't watch this. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, my mum went down the educational route, and my granddad do it, did it from the, the, the grit, the determination, and relationship building. So yeah. Granddad. Yes. Hmm. Who would you most want to spend the day with? I've heard this hmm. question before. Yeah, well, I've just asked you. I know. Well. <laughs> what are you trying to do to me? This is confusing the life. Exactly. Um, who would I most like? Can it be someone dead or alive? I'd love to be able to to spend one last day with my grandma. I really would. Um, because, as you know, she, she passed away during the very, very beginning of COVID. Um, and we didn't really have that chance just to spend another day together. Well, it's not class, is it? Because she's dead. <laughs> no, no, your grandma was class, but I'm not. I know she was. I know she was. Um, but yeah, I would have loved just to have that one, one last opportunity just to spend a day with her. She was cool. Okay, hit me. Don't literally. Really? No, no. <laughs> Am I allowed to? Okay. Um, out of the four seasons, which is your favourite one? I go with summer because I, I like sunshine. Uh, we went to Egypt this year, and that was really hot, and I really enjoyed the heat. Never really enjoyed the heat before, but I did enjoy Egypt thoroughly this year. Um, so, so, yeah, summer, the heat. Oh, we had that question once in the Mr. and Mrs. game that me and you played, didn't we? And you were like, yeah, this is easy. I know which season she loves Christmas. Yeah. Like, it's definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. Summer. So it couldn't be further away. So no, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Okay. This has got to be the last question because now we're going on a bit. And um, we need to wrap things up. Okay. Make it a good one. Okay. What would be the best piece of advice you would give to someone that ran a flooring business in the UK? One piece of advice. One piece of advice. Oh, it's tricky being one piece. Know your numbers. Absolutely, categorically, the number one thing to know is to know your numbers. If you don't know your numbers, how are you going to get to where you need to go? How are you going to set the metrics? How are you going to see how the business is performing? Um, don't leave it to chance. Know your numbers. Yeah. All right, get your question out then. What question? For me. Oh, your last one? Yes. Oh, right, okay. I was like, what? Yeah, um, yeah, welcome. We're still on the podcast, Sarah. Okay. Yeah, welcome. Um, what job would you be terrible at? <laughs> 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 Um, I was going to say counselling, life coaching, uh, pull your fucking self together. No, um, no. 
what first came into my mind was um, eating the microphone. Um, what first came into my mind was McDonald's, but I'd probably try and figure out how to become management and then how to own a McDonald's store. So trying to think something, I'd be really terrible. I tell you what I think I'd be terrible at is a paramedic. Really? I, yeah, because I don't Actually, like yeah. I don't yeah. like blood. And then if someone's shouting, "Oh, my legs!" I'm gonna be like, "Well, right, <laughs> right." You know, I don't know. I just I, I I think they're just unbelievable human beings. Like just to deal. No, I've thought of it. I've realised paramedic one yes, but I couldn't. The worst job I could think of <laughs> is a psychiatric old people's home. I couldn't deal with it. I just wouldn't last five minutes. I like, never mind, like, it had to, you know, old people that have completely lost my mind. My grandma um, died of um, Alzheimer's, and it was hands down horrific. Um, yes, I was completely, like, all in with my grandma. That was fine. But someone else's grandma, I, I just, no, I just... I'm sorry, you've just got to be like a different human to deal with that stuff. And I'm not that human to do that. So, yeah. Is that, yeah. yeah. So we've done a full circle at McDonald's. McDonald's. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I'm actually crying. Because actually one of the things that I really wanted to do was be a paramedic. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> opposite to try. Opposite, yeah. Anyway, though, that brings us to the end of the final episode of the Woodfloor podcast. Season but one is over. Season one is done. And for the 12,000 downloads, all I can do is thank you guys for listening to our waffle, committing to listening to us, and just generally giving us feedback. Um, you know, Leave reviews. Um, I love the messages we receive on the Instagram page. Um, and if you want to come on the podcast, you want a flooring business, and you just want to come and have a bit of banter, it, it really isn't as scary as you might think. We want everyone and anyone in the flooring industry to come on this podcast now. We, you know, Before, we were very much focused on the wood flooring industry, um, which is niche, and we have you know a lot of experience in that. Um, but now we're going to open it up to some absolutely superb companies to come and have a chat and you know generally shoot the shit with us and make the flooring industry a better place for everyone. So if you've enjoyed the show, hit the subscribe button. There's the pitch. Hit the subscribe button. And what we really need people to do is to be writing, is to be reviewing it. Put well. reviews Put down. Reviews you know, give us feedback. Give us suggestions. What do you want to hear on the podcast? What What is it you want from this? We'll do anything on marketing, on sales, on cash flow. If you're a certain manufacturer, you want to hear you know hear from, you know recommend them to us, or you you mentioned to, you know, and we'll try and get our team to reach out to them. Um, you know, take responsibility for what you actually want to hear, or we'll just you know we'll do our best, but we want to hear from you guys. So at hand heart, hand heart, no, what's it? I don't even know. What I don't even know what he's saying now. I'm trying to say thank you. Yeah. To thank thank you for committing to listen to this podcast the time we've been doing it and i really hope you continue to listen and we will do everything we can to make it a great place and hopefully an entertaining place like this podcast been today <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe the questions we've answered on this show but um and thank you to sarah for being wonderful because i don't say enough 
Oh, thank you for being you. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you for being you. You so, always put me at ease. But yes. So follow us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, anywhere you can find us. Thanks again. See you on the next show next week. If you'd like to find out more information about what we do, you can visit our website at cockerellandco.co.uk. That's cockerellandco.co.uk. We also have an Instagram account, which is Cockrell Co. And also we are on Facebook. Once again, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. And we look forward to seeing you here again soon.